Let me pick out a uh, a hat for this. Wait, should I wear a hat too? No, you have nice hair. Brad is bald, so that's a nice hat. Do you have the jingle ready for us, Brad? No, but we we are working on it. I okay. was working on it with Mark yesterday. We'll do like a cover screen, a jingle. Paintbrush and a dream. Paintbrush and a dream. It's a paintbrush and a dream. It's a paintbrush and a dream. Paintbrush and a dream. Dot com. Wow. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have two special guests. We have Skylar Stewart with PGH Painting out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we have Brad Ellison of Ellison Painting out of Detroit, Michigan. How old are you, Skylar? So I'm 27. How old are I'm you, Brad? I'm, I'm about to turn 42. So you guys run house painting companies? First of all, what does PGH stand for? PGH stands for Pittsburgh. City of How? Pittsburgh. How does that stand for Pittsburgh? It's the airport code, isn't it? Those do not seem like the three letters I would choose for Pitts. I would probably well, do P. Pittsburgh ends. Pittsburgh starts with a P and it ends in GH. Can you imagine if we did any other city like that? It'd be chaos. Instead of Atlanta, you did ALA. No, ATA. ATA. <laughs> ATA. But, oh, it ends in, and it does, they're not even like normal letters. GH. Yeah, they're so abnormal. They're I, actually, the, the Pittsburgh airport is. I think PIT. Oh, so it's not even PGH. So yeah, why, no. why did you name your company PGH? That's what I don't understand. PGH Painters seems to work pretty good for SEO. And if you know the name, you know what we do. So Skyler did not come up with the PGH thing. That's like a Pittsburgh thing, right? Yeah, PGH is a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah. There's places all over called PGH. So people in Pittsburgh understand that PGH means Pittsburgh. Yeah. How? The only thing I don't like about it <clears throat> is that you are very uh, locally restricted now. Geographically restricted. What if you open up a Philadelphia branch and it's PGH Painters? It'd be fine. There's a real estate company here locally called Edina Realty, but they do real estate transactions all over the metro. Edina is like a fancy, stands for every day I need attention. It's like a hoity-toity place. Uh, what's it like owning painting companies named after cities like both of you guys? Nice. It's challenging when you want to buy the domain, but you are just starting out and a bunch of French museums are outbidding you. Mm, yeah. Mm. So that was Fair a challenge, speech. but then I got them, put the hyphen in there. There was a podcast and it said, Ellison Painting, $5 million business. I was it like, said, wow. He, classic he said that. Guy. He said that four to, yeah, uh, he said four to $5 million run rate or something, which isn't right. even true. That is the dumbest thing I've seen. I, I got introduced to that. I went to a conference mostly for window washers, but also some painting contractors or a coaching company. All the coaches used that lingo of run rate. Oh, I've got a million dollar business run rate. So you mean like the most productive month in your seasonal business if flatline would equal a million dollars. Well, listen, based on our that's sales, that's not a million dollar business. That's like just like that's like boosting people's egos so that they'll keep paying for your coaching service. Based on our sales last week, we're actually a five point five million dollar company. Right? Yeah. If we do yeah, that amount of sales last I've hour, week, yeah, right. I've, I've, <laughs> had, I've had two weeks and I sold a hundred k in yeah, two so different weeks this year. So basically, I based out. my business just on those two weeks. You got a five million. We're passing dollars. five million as well. So. Per capita. To be clear, I, I I don't do that. Like I I try not to paint myself as bigger than I am. I'm very proud of how big we are and how fast. No, I know that is grown. a classic. Yeah. Which podcast was that? I think it was. Um, Bruh. More clicks. Clickbait. Yeah, it's yeah. clickbait. It is more captivating than. Like, oh, Brad Ellison started this company a year and a half ago, and it's only twice as big as Skylar's company. Yeah. <laughs>
as Brad knows, it's not all about size. Well, yeah, we did. We did a million last year and we'll probably, I was shooting for two and we'll probably do 1.5 this year. I've successfully failed at hiring a salesperson project manager and still do everything, nice. but I'll do another 500K in business. I have like very high net profits. It's a good size company. So you're handling all the project management and sales. At the, right? at the end of last month, my net profit was 27%. Yeah. All I see is take him taking vacations and buying houses. Buying houses? I'm like, they don't let you leverage real estate like you could in the early 2000s. So mm -hmm. you must be putting down payments down, I assume. Yeah. Well, I, I, all the houses I buy cash and then I flip them and then yeah. I refinance them. So then I don't have any cash in the houses. Yeah. Great time be, to refinance. Right I want to be 27-year-old Skyler by the time I'm 45. What's your best marketing? Number one is just organic Google, which we don't spend any money on okay now it's starting to click pg yeah just just good reviews why green and orange because i thought it was black and yellow black and yellow black, black and yellow, yellow well i didn't want to just be black and yellow i think that was mm. kinda, that was like you know i already had the pgh so i couldn't be too that was overdone yeah. yeah people just think i'm like a sports team i just like the colors uh, they pop speaking of pop yo have you guys heard of integer integers? There's this thing that people are trying to tell me. If you multiply, are you guys familiar with multiplication? Is that like the, the times? It, yeah, it's not addition. So addition is where yeah. you put more things together. And the opposite of that would be subtraction where you take things away. Multiply is where you, I don't know how to describe it. If you multiply a positive <laughs> by a positive, you get a positive. That makes sense. Yes. Multiply a positive by a negative, you get a negative. Yeah. If you multiply a negative by a negative, they're trying to tell me that you get a positive. How does that work? First of all, we've learned a lot over the last couple of years about so-called experts. Let's, let's equate this to how I do offer discounts in my business. Well, if I gave a negative one unit discount at a negative $500 unit price, I am, yes, I'm taking away that discount with the negative one. And so I'm giving them a positive price. But where does that money come from? In the form of a check or cash or credit Seems card. Seems like a Ponzi scheme. Skylar, what are your thoughts on on this? I mean, that's what my teachers told me. So it seems like it's right here, but I didn't really catch so, what I was trying to So explain. what you're telling me is that whatever the teachers tell you is absolute truth. Have you guys heard about the, the paper straws? Plastic? The, chem the chemicals? They break down and give you cancer. Maybe that's better for the individual to get cancer than for the earth to get cancer with the plastic. Wow. We can go back to the trolley problem. This is okay. another thing that we were looking at. These are two, three, four, five, maybe six here in the corner, mm -hmm. cropped out there a little bit. Six yeah. runners, although there's the number eight. There's probably eight. There must be more people to the left and to yeah. the right. Yeah. They are yeah. racing a 200 meter race. This is point two. I'm taking in all the context here. Okay. This is point two seconds after the race has started. This race is in London. The year is 2012. It's in a stadium. Are there any people with red jackets sitting at a table? Yes. Okay. Mm. This person in green has a huge head start over the people in red, mm. but not as big of a head start as the person in yellow. Which, I bet he won, by the way. Yeah. How is that fair? Is this that equality thing that people are trying to push where people get head starts on their races? Why is he ahead of all these other people when it's the Olympics? This is not even like a fun run. 
How is this fair? I think it's a roll of the dice before the uh, before the match. They get together. <laughs> I would be if I were this guy. Like golf, they get oh, a handicap. handicap. Yeah, yeah, they get a three meter handicap. Or it could be that the people in the outside lane have a farther distance to travel because they're further outside. By the end of the two hundred, the distance has equaled out as they come around that curve. What is this? Distance. Hold on a second. We've <laughs> got some more context. This is a car. <laughs> These are look at these people are huge. Okay, this is other something that people get confused about. You have the foreground and the background, and you can have different dimensional perspectives. So you want to line up, you know, based off of my calculations, this person is lined up exactly. And so this person is one, two, three, four, five cars tall. And that, that car is probably about five feet tall. So he's 25 feet 25 tall. 25 feet tall. Okay. This person is, okay, if he's 25 feet, he's crouching. So he's like 20 feet tall. You've got 20, 40, 60, 80 foot head start, 80 feet divided by 200 meters. How many feet are in a meter? A meter is five feet, maybe five, a thousand feet. And he's got 80 feet head start. It's a very big head start per capita of feet can you imagine you're in the olympics you've been working for years arguably your whole life and you get you're sitting here and you gotta look at this guy he's 80 feet ahead of you what what if it's actually a benefit to be behind so you have like a leader because then you can like, see how fast you need someone to, to chase true when you're ahead you don't yeah that yeah, maybe you, can, you take advantage of uh the drag that's probably mm. how it balances out is you also a good point brad when you're that big you produce a lot of wind vectors if you were in this race would you rather be on the inside lane and start behind or on the outside lane start ahead i would want to start ahead Simple you would math. i like to be chased i like to be in the front being chased and i feel the pressure of getting past okay skylar when are you going to get married right after i perform a couple years of deep personal work and uh yeah. and i'm available you're 27 yes you you feel like you need more personal work to maybe my past relationships haven't worked out. So, hmm. um, wow. Speaking of love tennis, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this zero points is called love. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, have any of you guys heard of 10? Okay. Let me see. Can anyone drink their, can anyone drink out of their cup louder? <laughs> You need to get to five points okay. to win a game. You need to win seven games to win a set. You need to win three sets to win a match. Mm -hmm. However, the points, if you have no points, it's called love. If you have one point, it's called 15. Yep. Why is that? Maybe some like maybe some elitist uh, roles to keep the common man out of uh, the tennis courts. Mm. Okay, this one makes more sense. 15, 30, 45. Increments of 15. Then there's a okay. poem. A ballad. A handicap. This makes no sense. So it says it was shortened from 45 to 40. Because back then, sometimes people would just say 40, and it would still mean 45. Did you already pre-read this article? 
Or you no, just no, I'm just looking this up now in real time. This is captivating. Love means nothing. Loof. No, this is this is the worst podcast. <laughs> this is the worst podcast. Two points is thirty. Now three points is forty. Okay, but if you're tied, you say fifteen all. Well, that makes sense. Obviously, we all have fifteen points. Yeah, thirty all. Mm. But if you're tied at forty, you don't say forty all. Deuce. Why? Deuce plus one point is an add in. One point for the other person is an add out. Oh, that's because it can go on many rounds. It can that, keep going back and forth. I get that. Mm-hmm. Why not just say deuce plus one or deuce minus one or 40 all? Or here's a better idea. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> Why not that? Why love 15, 30, 40? Something to think about. Something I was thinking, yeah. Something we should probably fix let me get my next this this episode is going to have a lot of editing needed oh jeffrey epstein <laughs> did not kill himself mm. Mm. also i don't like looking at his face probably true in my opinion the cia deep state fbi i could be convinced of that a financier i don't want to keep looking at him this is the worst Bo burnham robert burnham your hero inside released in 2021 both of you have reviewed this movie it seems like he's got some uh mental health issues i mean he clearly mentions that in there kind of like as a joke but i think maybe he has real mental health issues he's a comedian so So, yes they all have mental health issues i I agree he has mental health issues i i don't know that i don't know if he actually took off five years off the road i know he talked about that in the film but bo burnham was an early youtube star you guys remember that? 2006. 16 years ago, 12 million views. I'm in the closet and the door is locked. Big uh, hubbubaloo, as the kids call it. He's directed a movie and called Eighth Grade. I don't know if you guys watched that. Or there's a TV show that got canceled. What was your favorite part about this? My First favorite all, part was it's the white guy comment from that song. American yeah. white guy. I mean, this, the song is called Comedy. And he's talking about hosting American yeah. white guy. Yeah, so I was was happy to see that clip and then be re-traumatized, remembering how one of my good friends is making fun of me. I like the line that he said, I'm going to literally save the world metaphorically. Here's, here's what I think about Bo Burnham. I think that he's actually quite funny. He strikes me as someone who's trying to be funny. And I think the funniest people are the people that don't come off like they're trying to be funny. They just are funny. And I feel like he's writing songs and doing skits to try to be funny. I think he's trying to be clever for himself, like in a way that only he would get. Is this why you resonate so closely with him? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. When I did start watching this, I was it made perfect sense why Jason... Love that movie like so it. much for sure. I'm a FaceTime with my with mom. my mom tonight. She looks for her glasses. I'm a FaceTime with my mom. And then he gets tonight. mad. Camera with her thumb. I'll waste my time. FaceTiming with my mom. My mother's covering her camera. Then right here there's a picture. I'll waste my time. FaceTiming with my mom. My mother's covering <laughs> her camera. <laughs> 
what was there the thing where my dad says, how, how's it going? I say, okay. And that's the deepest conversation we've ever had. Mm-hmm. That, that was, I found that song hilarious. I related mm-hmm. to your mom telling you about the, the TV show. <laughs> like, talking about, like, oh yeah, season finale. Okay. This one is probably my favorite. That is how the world works. So it starts out with like a socialist communist. This is the sock. That's around us is pretty amazing. But how does it work? It must be complicated. The secret is the world can only work when everything works together. And so take what you can or, or give what you can and take what you need, which is like a classic communist like slogan. And then it kind of delves into obviously, you know, a critique on capitalism. How about you give it a try? All right. The simple narrative taught in every history class is demonstrably false and pedagogically classist. Don't you know the world is built with blood and genocide and exploitation? Burnham is the ruling class and Sacco is the person who's revealing the veil. Bo likes to hear it and give a false, oh, we really care about it until Sacco goes too far. Why do you rich white people insist on seeing every socio-political conflict through the myopic lens of your own self-actualization? This isn't about you. So either get with it or get out of the way. Watch your mouth, buddy. Remember who's on whose hand here. But that's what I... Have you not been listening? We are in All right, all right. Wait, wait, wait. No, please. I don't want to go back. I can't go. I can't go back. Please. Please, I'm sorry. Are you going to behave yourself? Yes. Yes. What? Yes. Sir. Look at me. Yes. Sir. That's better. That is how the world works. Okay. Hmm. Mm. Very deep, makes you think, doesn't it? That is how the world works. There's a book called Winners Take All, I think, that talks about the fake care that's given, classist issues by wealthy individuals and also you know, organizations or companies. I feel like he's touching on that a little bit in the song where he mm. wants to like talk about it and like it's cool until like you get a little too edgy and too pokey and then like don't forget who's funding you to even like say these things. Mm. So I realized in that song, I was thinking about in America, we have all these agendas to like make everything equal and whatnot. Like the races on the 200 meter race that we talked about. It's right before the 2016 election, when all these celebrities were saying, if Donald Trump gets elected, I'm going to move to Canada. Nobody actually moves. Right. And Canada's like the closest thing to the US. I had a member of my family say that. And then I had to point out that Canadian immigration laws are way stricter than American immigration laws. And she wouldn't even qualify for Canadian immigration because she doesn't have a college degree or any real skill that would contribute to Canadian economy. Right. Merit-based. Same goes for me. I don't know that I can necessarily get immigration to Canada. Speaking of Canada, Bo Burnham, white woman's Instagram. Okay. Singing a song. A novel couple holding hands another cuddle round a golden retriever in a flower town is this heaven or is 
it just a white woman? A white woman's Instagram. It goes on like this. Her favorite photo of her mom. The caption says, I can't believe it. It's been a decade since you've been gone. Mama, I miss you. I miss it. Notice the frame is opening up right here. Mm -hmm. It's like opening wow. you up from, from the Instagram world, which is just curated. It's rare. Now it's here's the full me. And it's got this um. little monologue with you in the front yard talking to his dead dead mother or she mm -hmm. is talking to his dead mother he's cosplaying as a woman i'm still figuring out how to keep living without you it's got a little better but it's still hard mama i got a job i love in my own apartment mama i got a boyfriend and i'm crazy about him your little girl didn't do too bad mama i love you give a hug and kiss to dad implicating that both of her parents have died. Comes back right into curated, silly, surface level photos. A goat cheese salad. A goat cheese salad. What are your thoughts? Um, hey, Skylar, are you using um, primarily subcontractors or W-2 employees these <laughs> days? Subcontractors. We have one. Really? One employee. Okay. You have one employee at a $1.5 million company. Yeah. What, is, what does that one employee do? He does all of the kitchen cabinets. By himself? One set of kitchen cabinets every single week. And then the only other person I have is a part-time virtual assistant down in Florida who works like 15 hours a week, but sets all my appointments, answers all the calls. Nice. We just hired a VA. She finished her training like yesterday, so now she's scheduling all of our estimates, handling all incoming calls and all that. Getting Hold good. on. Brad, when did you change your hat? What do you think is your biggest uh, inhibitor to growth? Well, I think it's me. I mean, I think the people are out there, like the salespeople and project managers are out there. We just started hiring for a salesperson again. I've been doing interviews every single week that my admin is setting up for me. So it's nice she does a phone interview and then sets them up for me. So like I can't not do it. I found a good guy. I made an offer to him and he will be coming out next week. We're going to do a ride along for one day. Make sure we like each other enough for the day. And then if that works out well, I'm going to make an official offer. And he's going to start the week after that. Because your marketing spend right now is so low. You have a lot of room for growth there. You could just spend more money to get more leads. Is the goal to have you and him both be doing estimates? Or you focus then more on project management and he does sales or what? So if I give him all the sales, I think as soon as he comes on full time, I will like also increase my marketing spend. Because I would like to have him out doing sales and me at least doing sales half of the week. But right now I'm doing sales full time and just like project management on the weekends and Monday or like after work. So why do you think, why do you think your previous relationships have not worked out? I think I've hired the wrong people. Both I, times. Think he's I think he's talking about no, personal relationships. Like, marriage, like uh, as you oh. pursue marriage. Um, I don't know. I think I also probably just picked, picked the wrong people and also not put enough probably effort into the relationships, you know, six months. And then they're not exciting and fun. Instead of trying to work on them, I'm just like, oh, I'll just go flip a house or sell some more paint jobs and make some more money. Mm -hmm. So Jason, check this out. That is amazing. Unpaid Intern is another song. So the skit is not really about the song though. Unpaid Intern, right? Classic. But then he reacts to the video. And the interesting part is he's now reacting. Hey, everybody. I think it's funny um, to cut right I on. I thought I'd do a reaction video um, to the song that you just saw me perform. I thought that might be fun. What? Um, so I got my 
because this video played after that, right? So, and now, right? Okay, so I'll just I'll keep reacting. So, so in real time, reacting to the reaction, it's a little bit of circularness there. Ending here, hey, you can see, it's and funny to cut right on. Look, I'm very confused. See, I'm very, very confused because I'm staring at myself. I don't know what I'm looking at, and I'm starting to catch up. Now because I'm realizing what's going on, right. and uh, yeah, now I'm now, deciding to react right. okay, so to the reaction so, to the video. This is me so here, um, so I'm reacting to, the, to my own reacting, and I'm uh, criticizing my, my initial reaction for for being pretentious, which is which is honestly it's a it's a defense mechanism. Is I am I'm so worried that criticism will be levied against me that I levied against myself before anyone else can. And I think that oh, if I'm self-aware about being a douchebag, it, 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 it'll somehow make me less of a douchebag. But it, but it doesn't. Um, <laughs> oh, wonderful perfection. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I thought that was a very clever skit. I would like too. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. One of the very early jokes in the, in the special was very, uh, definitely a Jason Paris joke. He was saying, you know, I, I make this myself. I'm recording, I'm editing myself. So, you know, there may not be very smooth transit. Yeah. I like that. And he does that throughout the whole skit or the whole special or show or whatever you want to call it. Let's not talk about this one. And instead <laughs> let's get into, yeah, do you guys know what this is? It's a no. piece of art. It's called the scream. You might have heard about this in elementary school. So, what do you what do you think about this? Looks it looks worse than I remember. Yeah. So, what's he mad about? What's he scared about? I think it's existential dread. So he's on a, a beautiful bridge walkway, a nice sunset. I am turns like fiery red. The world is ending, and it's just ah. What if? What if this is actually a mom and her son was deployed overseas in the military and he surprised her by coming home and this is the first time she's seen him and it's, she's she's shocked but she's not scared she's just totally overwhelmed because she wasn't expecting to see little Johnny home from war. Well, this was in 1895. Oh yeah, they they didn't have wars back then. They didn't have wars back then. Wars we are were, a new thing. <laughs> we were mostly an agricultural. Could, could, couldn't be that species. Yeah, I think this was after the Tower of Babel. So, I mean, the, the person looks, uh, have you guys ever had existential I, dread only at 3 AM in the morning when I absolutely need good sleep when I wake up and whatever chemical in my, uh, my brain is, what's this thing over here? That's a city. That's a city that's burning down and flooding. Do you guys ever have that where you wake up in the middle of the night and you're not normally an anxious person, but then for an hour, you're just laying awake thinking about everything that's been going wrong. Is that, is that what existential dread is just worrying about everything? No, I think existential dread is what is the meaning of life? Where is my life going? Am I really going to die? What does that mean? Yeah, I don't really have that. What's the yeah, purpose of everything? Like what? what is happening? Like why are we here? Where did we come from? Where are we mm -hmm. going? Does I, I, I try not to get that deep. I don't think it has much actual benefit or like utility for my life to think through those thoughts. Well, I'd There's imagine the people that get stuck thinking about those thoughts, are, they can't control it. Starry Night. may have heard about this one in elementary school. Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. yeah, PG. We, we call G him uh, GH PGH for short. <laughs> this is the real inspiration. Of the PG. Yeah. 
So what do you think about this one? So this one reminds me, you know that song American Pie by Don McLean? Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Okay. Everyone yeah. knows the song. His actual best song is about this painting. It's called Starry Night, and it is phenomenal. So when I see this, I think of that song, which is better than American Pie. What does the song say about this picture? It's actually more about Vincent van Gogh, how lonely he was and how he cut off his ear. Why did he cut yeah. off his ear? And then he killed himself. Existential dread. <laughs> Yeah. He, no, I think he was in love with some woman that was not responding in kind. I'm not answering the DMs. Oh, let's see. Oh, he got in a fight with another artist. Interesting. Wait, there's, there's, I don't know if there's a couple of. No one really knows. Let's talk about an email that I just got. This is from a, uh, I guess someone had requested an estimate from us and she emailed me and she says, woman called me from your company. I was very disappointed to find out your company has an $800 minimum. That was not on your mailer. I won't be using your company as my bedroom is small and clearly not an $800 project. The woman I spoke to was a bit rude in tone as if I was wasting her time during a very brief phone call. Needless to say, I won't be recommending you to friends and family. What's the uh, proper response? I would not respond to it. I would say something very short. Thank you. Oh, I would say, uh, like, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> we have somebody that takes these kind of interactions. They took them away from me a long time ago because I'm really bad at him. But one of the things that he does is empathize with people. Sounds like it was really frustrating. I think our mailer could have been more clear that we had a minimum. And I imagine that was frustrating when you called and found out that your project wasn't going to be able to be serviced by us. That sounds frustrating. And I can understand why you're frustrated by that. I also apologize for the rude interaction you had with one of our staff. This is her first day on in the job. Drive for non-rude interactions in our daily interactions. This is the first day that your VA is answering the phones and you got that email. Yeah. I mean, she's wow. she's been training since the first day. Do you have her email? Yeah. She sent me an email. Okay. Send her a $5 Starbucks gift card. Here's a $5 Starbucks gift card for wasting your time. I hope that you'll keep us in mind for larger projects in the future. I'd be happy to, I don't know, something, something. Not, or just say LOL. Not, not something like, LOL, or you, you seem like, like a, a really angry person. I'm happy that we won't be working together. Maybe shoot over a referral too of like a one-man band, you know. Are we, are we just talking about problems? Do you want me to talk about my problems? What problems do you have, Mr. 27-year-old Rich Bachelor? Well, just for painting. All right. In this segment, this is called Fix Your Business. Most projects go good, but when you're doing like 100 plus projects a year, some go bad. And we have this one guy. We went out. We power washed. That went fine. The crew showed up to paint and they painted the first day. And then at the end of the first day, the like the hose like popped off the sprayer and it sprayed all this guy's patio furniture. And it was just the covers. He was pretty upset. I was like, yeah, listen, we can like work a deal, buy new patio covers, whatever. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out later. We came back. The crew was supposed to be there at 8 a.m. And they didn't show up until 9. And I didn't know this. They didn't tell me they were running late. This guy calls me at 9, 10. He doesn't want us to continue working. What I did was just like, all right, that's fine. Your contract says that you start at 8 o'clock every day. It doesn't say that, but the guys yesterday told him that they would be there at eight. My subcontractor was like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow, 8 a.m. And they didn't show up till nine. Normally not a problem. I think the guy was being a little unreasonable. So I was happy to accept his request to just like quit painting his house. But now he's gonna, you know, he wants me to pay for all this furniture. He, then he like also just started going on about some other stuff. He says like, when they were spraying the soffits, there's a little bit of white dust on his concrete and he's gonna need to get his concrete resurfaced. Yeah. Oh yeah. Said, 
oh, okay. Well, well, that's fine. Fine. We'll just leave you the paint. You know, we can talk about it later. And he was like, all right, that sounds good. And we just left. I would look for a closure meeting and in writing, like a release. So have you, have you went and had meetings like that before? I haven't. I'm very conflict averse, but our president has. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I sounds like I don't want to do that. There's a large dollar threshold that I would take a hit on as opposed to having yeah. to deal with something like that. I've only, I've only had one where I had to like go out and we got fired from a job and then ultimately it, I, t I told him, all right, so I will, I'll bill you basically for the work that we did. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. And then I sent him the invoice and it was like $14,000. It was a $27,000 project. And really we were a couple of days out from being done. They freaked out. They said, no, no, we owe you like $2,500. So we went back and forth. They were refusing to pay. Ultimately, I told them that because it was unilateral cancellation, they're not giving us the opportunity to finish. If they refuse to pay what I'm offering to concede at, that's fine. I'll place a lien on the house and then I'll file a lawsuit for the whole $27,000. Or you can just pay me this right now. Like basically this just gets me out. I'm not making any money. It covers my costs. And then you can do whatever you want after I'm done. Anytime I offer any sort of discount because of customer dissatisfaction in that offer, I also have them agree to mutual non-disparagement, which means they can't get online and badmouth me on Facebook or, or Google. They'll be fine. What are you going to do, Skylar? Well, I guess I should call this guy back and talk to him. I did meet with him yesterday. Cause he had the concerns about the furniture and everything. Yeah. One, I don't, I really don't want to go back out to his house because it's an hour away. I don't feel like driving that far. Since you've had that meeting, you could just start with putting together a, a final invoice. So here's here's what I think is fair. Maybe you discount it however many dollars for the covers, the patio covers, which is really silly because it's just an accident. I mean, the guys didn't. didn't oh, they didn't do it on purpose. The host come off, right? it, it, no, exactly. Right. Like it was an yeah. But that's fine. It was a complete accident. Fine. It was your guys' do it. And so it's like, we'll, we'll pay for it. I said, no, no problem. We'll, we'll pay for this. Like, just we'll, just let me know how much they are. We'll get you new patio covers. And then he was like, well, it all came in a set. And the set was $2,500. So I'm about to get a whole new set. For patio? Well, but the cover said, he said he got it from Sam's Club and you couldn't just get the covers. So you had to buy the whole, the brand whole new. new furniture set? Whole new furniture set. for the, they get the exact same covers. So he was being kind of unreasonable. So I was like happy to wash my hands when he said, oh, can you guys just stop? I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll put the crew on something else. And yeah. also like the crew is fine not getting paid on the Jeep job either. Cause they know they, they messed up. They were, they spent like a day and a half there and they're like, that's fine. We'll just leave. I left him all of the paint. I would be fine with cutting my losses, giving him all of the paint. I just don't want to be held liable for him saying, Oh, I need a new driveway because there was a little bit of overspray on it. And I was like, listen, hard we can just power wash some latex spray here. Like this. Sure. I mean, 90, 90% of the law is possession. So how is he going to come get possession of your dollars? That's a hard, that's a hard hill for him to climb. How much yeah. was the project total? It was almost 11,000. Oh, and you don't have any labor expenses. Just my, no, my guys are fine. And I have maybe a thousand dollars in paint that we, and I told him, I said, listen, we're going to leave you all the paint. You're going to, you're still getting your house painted. Just not by me. So I'll leave you all the paint as well. Just send them an invoice for the paint and walk away. Say, you're not paying for anything else. Take care of your patio. Just because you're not paying for it. You think I should, you think I should attack this now? Or should I wait for him and say, I got my thing. I'm going to need $5,000. And I'm going to say, okay, well, we already, we gave you the paint and we are still there for a day and a half. I'm not going to charge you for any of that stuff, but I'm also not going to pay for you for this thing, these things. If he's reasonable, that's fine. If he's not reasonable, tell him that all future conversations need to go through your attorney and have his attorney contact your attorney. He's not going to win that battle. People are much more bold on the phone though. And then whenever I go out there in person, they have yeah, almost I have nothing a, to say. I have an understanding with my attorney that every once in a while, I'm just going to copy him on an email that he doesn't have to do anything just so I can have the line just to maintain, you know, clear communication and proper record. I have copied my attorney here. And That's then cool. people respond differently after that. This painting, you have the steeple in the mid ground. And then I don't know what this is, some kind of a plant in the foreground. Seaweed. The, the, 
the real focus is these swirls of the heavens and it's almost like the seaweed and the spire you know they seem like monumental aspects of this earth but their real purpose kind of what makes them magnificent is they're pointing towards the heavens it's in this ethereal washy heavenly space that our eyes are drawn to and we ultimately get lost in on this painting so i think that's maybe what van gogh was going for was this escape into the heavens that this earth points to. Hmm. I forget what it's called. It's called like maybe red, blue, and yellow. Hold on. PM Pete, Pete Modrian or something like that. It's his 30th piece. Maybe 1930. Hmm. What are you guys' thoughts on this art piece? Reminds me of uh, mid-century modern architecture for some reason modernism first of all let's address the elephant in the room which is this giant red square it's huge it's big big red square takes up almost the whole thing a lot bigger than the blue square well the yellow square by contrast is very small and the blue is like a happy medium you've got and these are primary colors i believe are these are the primary colors yes okay they're primary colors red is just like so there despite it being one of three it's huge then we have these black lines. People say you have to read between the lines sometimes. Okay. Mm. Look at this monstrosity. Yeah, why is that thicker than the others? It is a huge it's thick. thick line. Oh, thick. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like an abstraction within the abstraction. This reminds me of growing up in the 80s. Do you think he uh, freehanded all of these lines or do you think he used frog tape? Zoom in again on those lines. Thank you, freehand it. No way. That's oh, maybe. And yeah, he freehanded it. Maybe he drew. We're also very zoomed in. This is what gives this piece energy. I feel like that's this is what makes it alive. This line right here. That thick boy energy. There's no black lines on the outside of this piece. It's almost like this is a cropped image that the artist is providing us that instead of it being something that he has created, it's a filtered version of a larger world that's being presented to us because of the absence of those exterior borders. Skylar, have you ever heard of Everestine? No. It is a, an event, kind of like a race, but not really a race, where you go to this location, some mountain, and you continually hike upwards until you have hiked whatever, 29,090 feet or whatever the elevation of Mount Everest is. So you like hike to the top and then yeah. you take the, the tram back down and you have 36 hours. Oh, you take a tram back down? Yeah. Are you joking me? I thought you had to at least the walk back down. Everest? No, you don't have to walk back down. So you, there's you, no quad. Oh my gosh. This is, I could do yeah. this and I could do this so easily, Brad. You have 36 hours to do I could do, do the, this and. 29,000. I, I think it's cool, Brad. I'm proud of you. I think, you know, if it gives you life. Well, I'm not yeah, doing it. I'm not doing it if you're not doing it. That's the whole point. Let's do it together. There's a backyard ultra where it's every 24 hours you run 100 miles. I think it's a 4.167 mile loop per hour. It's last man standing format. Yeah. Those, I, I want to do one of those in 2025. So next year, I'm going to be focused on training for the Tahoe 200. I know I don't talk about that enough. You talk about it enough. I thought you were going to start doing CrossFit training with me. That could be happening when I'm as old as you. 
I've been getting a lot of pushback from my boys for running. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Get back to the gym. Stop messing around. Okay. I'll cut that out, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> muscles are cool. Okay. Speaking of muscles, what do you guys think about this? Descending down a staircase. It's called new descending piece of art. I, I can't even see the staircase. I thought it was maybe some knights fighting. Did you say it's called new descending or nude ascending? Nude descending. I don't see it. There's a, that's probably a leg. <sighs> hmm. So there's a couple of elements to this. First, there's stairs everywhere. I think there's stairs up here, maybe. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, like stairs over here. You can't see the person for a couple of reasons. One, it's not very lifelike geometric shapes, which might be part of the point that on our surface, we have all these human-like features, but there's a more foundational elements of who we are that are just geometric. There's a core of our being that is somewhat non-observable to what we think people should look like. And then also this is a classic time-lapse prolonged exposure shot where it looks like the person is streaming down the stairs, which would also speak to you never step in the same stream twice because the river is always flowing. So the person is moving and they're actually changing their being as they move through time and space and so it's a single stream of a person descending down the staircase got it it's beautiful <laughs> how much uh do you spend a lot of time looking at art and thinking about what it means i want to be an artist so bad which is why i started paintbrush in a dream which is this paintbrush and a dream and I'm trying to think of some logos do you have any original artwork we could look at? Oh, Let me see if I can share my screen. Okay. It's absolutely awful. <laughs> First of all, this is art, Brad. This is not awful. Is this digital? Are you painted this yourself? Shan a dream. Oh, I've seen this. This is on the YouTube. Yes. So, paintbrush and a dream. Okay. Call back to the paintbrush beginnings and a dream okay because there's more it's not gonna and then and it's come coming out of his head like where dreams live yeah <laughs> we're like you're, you're pulling the thoughts and the dreams out of the head and you're painting a canvas with it with your brush mm -hmm. what this podcast is we're taking thoughts and we're like painting the world with them yeah this reminds me a lot of the painting we were just just looking at mm -hmm. it's orange because paris paintings logo is orange yeah and then why is it green and yellow and blue and it's like a psychedelic rainbow. Now show them the logo that um, me and Zach Kenny both like a lot better. Hey, which one of these do you like, Skylar? I think I like the one with the color. That's the one that we, me and Zach said. This, it's, un it's unfair. This Why does this one have color and none of the this other ones have sellout. color? This is a sellout. This is not art. This is corporatized bureaucracy, capitalism, violence, bourgeoisie, did you ever see that girl? warfare logo. This is bad. This makes me sick. Here's what the people want. It's not, here's a true expression of yourself and your thoughts and what you want this podcast to be. It's dance monkey dance. Okay. Sounds like you asked, you asked for other people's opinions on things, but you actually don't want them. I only want you to be a yes man to my vision. <laughs> That's what I want. This actually does look good, but I just hate it because it's, it's too much paintbrush. Not enough dream. I, I think I think the current logo matches the podcast. Definitely yeah. matches you. Yeah. You look at it and you're like, what's, oh, what's also, going on with the logo? And you have also, the same thoughts on the podcast. You're like, what's what is this going on look here? Look at this. Okay. Corporatize it a little bit. Also, 
Okay, fits really well. A profile picture mm -hmm. without the words. Yeah. And then I don't know. It's it's just a logo. Am I, am I one of the colors as a guest? Yeah, you're one of the the colors, psychedelic oh, yeah. colors. You've come <laughs> to the fountain this of is, wisdom. This would be something. So obviously, I'm pretty young, and I'm like this guy that I'm hiring is older than Brad. He's like in his mid forties, I'd say Ooh, that's old. And, <laughs> and anyway, but he's like, he's got 20 years on me. He just, he just last week, he just took his daughter to Pitt, a local college here. Maybe you can date her off of Pitt, and now he's coming to work for me. Maybe you can date his daughter. <laughs> I, I possibly could. Maybe I'm already talking to her on one of the dating apps. I don't know. But the thing is, that's, that's almost like a little scary. Like, oh, this guy's going to come work for me. Like he's worked all these corporate jobs. Now he's wants to come work for me. It's got a whole family. I like got to support. Like it's, it feels like a lot of pressure. I don't know. Everything seems right. Like I can do it. Like there's not going to be a problem. It's a little scary. And I've almost been like slowing down as I get into it. So I, I can resonate with that because now I have however many full-time employees, uh, one of whom my sales guy, his, his wife is actually uh, quitting her job so she can stay at home with the kids now. So I'm like, oh, great. Allison painting is going to feed your family. That can be a, a daunting hurdle, mental hurdle to overcome. It, do you think that you're struggling with it because of the age thing or just the responsibility thing? The responsibility, I'm fine. Because I know like business is in, in a great position to make this hire mm -hmm. for sure. It's more just like the age thing. And like, for example, I'm hiring this guy that has 20 years of sales experience. I've only been selling for a couple of years. And, you know, he might be a better salesperson than me, ideally. Wouldn't that be yeah, great? That'd be great. If he comes to me and has some questions, I'm just like, I don't know, man. But the questions he's going to have for you are, are going to be about how you operate within your company or how you explain this to the customer, what the services you provide, all things that you know more about than him, right? Yeah. It seems like it should all make sense. I'd also say he knows there. what he's getting into. He's going to come do sales for a painting company run by some 27-year-old hotshot. Just be, just be yourself. It shouldn't be a surprise that he might know more than you in sales and it may not be a corporate organization. It's a painting company. It does $1.5 million in revenue. And the founder started it a handful of years ago. He's 27 years old, does a lot of real estate on the side. He knows what he's stepping into. I don't have like the systems dialed in super well. So I just want some guy that I can be like, yeah. one, it seems so simple to me. It's like the pricing models are so simple to come up with these prices. Yeah. And if he's like a good sales guy, it seems like it should all just work out. Like, oh, here, just follow me around for a week. Then I'll coach you for a week and then go sell paint jobs. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, mac and cheesy. But, but is it really that easy? <laughs> Brad, is it, can you just hire a PM and hire a sales rep? And <laughs> I found it to not be that easy. And it's not complicated, but it's not easy. I think that I've had more success hiring people when I know for sure that they're a core values and culture match than just because they had the experience. Like the time I hired a painter as a project manager thinking, oh, this would be great. He already understands the language. He understands the business. That was an absolute dumpster fire. When I fired him and replaced him with Allison, who has no painting experience, but is a dead on core values and culture fit, it's been a million times better. So are you hiring this guy because he's a good sales guy? Or are you hiring him because he fits the culture and core values of BGH? He's, he seems to fit the core values because he knows nothing about painting whatsoever. But he was like, oh, no, no problem. I'll learn that. What are the core values? Guy, and it seems like he does know what he's getting into. I told him I hired one guy. It didn't work yeah. out. And 
Like he'll be the first sales guy. And like, I've tried to like lower the expectations that there's going to be a lot of stuff that he, yeah. I don't have figured out that he's just going to have to ask me. And like, we're going to have to figure out. And so that's something that I feel like a lot of people have head trash around. Oh no. What if somebody comes in and it's, it's like a small business. Well, they know they're joining a small business. Like what do they expect? Just stand on your own two feet. Like I'm a $1.5 million painting company. Started a handful of years. I'm 27 years old. That's what you're joining. I feel like I've talked to a handful of people. You probably have to Brad, where what if I'm not organized? I'm like, well, you have painters who have joined your company and they know they don't work at Target. They work at Johnny Joe's painting shack. If they're expecting there to never be disorganization or challenges, then they are widely off base and you are not going to deliver that. But if they expect there to be a lot of flexibility and fun and you're not going to give them a drug test and they can go paint in the sun all day, this is perfect. But you're yeah. not going to get that at Target but you will get what you get here. I would just encourage you to stand on your own two feet and stand stand tall and proud. In some ways, I think I agree with Jason. You wanna kind of downplay who you are and what you're doing. But on the other side, it's like, hey, it's a really good opportunity. If you know, if this guy comes on, you can tell him, listen, we did one and a half million dollars. I did one and a half million dollars in sales myself this year. I would love to hand that all over to you and you do one and a half million dollars in sales. And if you do, you will make X number of dollars, which is a good amount of money. And then I can either do sales on top of that, do whatever else. Yeah. Uh, the opportunity is real in our industry for salespeople, I think. I mean, I, I think I proved that just as well as anyone when I came up through my old company. Yeah, the comp plan is super good. So he knows he can make a ton of money here. Mm -hmm. I think I did, I did sell him on that. White noise. We can't talk about this. You guys told me not to watch it. Hans Swolo. Did you not watch this, Brad? He wasn't, he, he played Kylo Ren. It wasn't Hans. I started watching it. I was like 10 minutes in and then you guys were like, wait, let's watch this other thing instead. So I stopped. You didn't even watch it, did you? This? What? Yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hans Swolo is something else. Who is he? Kylo Ren? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Okay. We don't have to talk about it. Are you guys going to the Slavic retreat in February? Whenever the next one is, January, February. I'm planning on going to the winter one. I'm also thinking about going to the commercial forum in Nashville. I'll be there because I have to for a board meeting. More like board meeting. <laughs> yeah. Are you aware that you're going to die? I'm not convinced that I'm going to die. Skylar? That's a, that's a hot take, Brad. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm aware that I'm going to die. Are you afraid of death? I don't spend any time thinking about death. I think when I die, I die. So it's all out of my control. The only thing that worries me about me dying is if I were to die anytime soon, the thought of my kids growing up without me. That makes me sad. Like Simon's only three. He wouldn't, he wouldn't know who I was. He wouldn't remember me. That's why we do these podcasts, Brad. So that he can watch yeah. me talk about stupid topics with They're not my friend. stupid. They are impression <laughs> a dream. Do you think you're going to die, Jason? I am going to die, and I'm very scared about it. I think there's a healthy right. fear, a healthy fear of death. Don't you ever think, maybe I'm not going to die? I've not, I've not had that thought. I've never thought that. Well, there's, there's a couple scenarios in which you wouldn't die. Sure. One scenario would be Jesus returns, and there's a rapture, and you don't die. You just go straight to heaven. Oh, you uh, still die. The, other, the other scenario sounds, is... Sounds like something a, a Lutheran would say, but go ahead. There's also a scenario in which this is all like virtual reality. It's a simulation. There's an outside chance that this is all a manifestation of my brain or some computer system outside of me, and I just won't die. That's really what you think? I don't think that's the truth. It's not a 0% chance that it's the truth. Could, could be po Anything's possible, I guess. Do you think there's a part of you 
Brandon Scaler that's afraid of death, but if you're subconscious, you're super conscious. I, I think you have to be afraid of death or you just easily die. Like I was just talking about snowmobiling and I get up to the top of the mountain and then I look over the one side and it's like a straight drop off. And I have this feeling, I'm like, I got to get away from here. Like, this is not good. Well, how do you think the fear, how do you think the fear of death manifests itself in your daily life? This was, I think, basically what white noise was about. So it's a little bit of a parlay into that. How does that fear of death manifest itself into your daily life? I don't know that I have a fear of death. I have a fear of injury. Being hurt sucks. You know, maybe that's why I don't snowmobile near a cliff or, or do really dangerous things. You're also very old. So you get bones are brittle, you know, osteoporosis, all of that. I'm afraid of the loss that my loved ones would incur if I died. But me dying, I'm not. I don't know that I'm really afraid of that. What do you think will matter of your life after you die? Besides this podcast, which will live in the Google data center. I think for me, the only, like that my impact will probably end up just being those people closest to me. Like the people that my family, friends, people that I connected with regularly, travel with, made, made them feel some sort of way. Clearly my family, right? It's a legacy I leave behind with my kids. And, and Rachel, I think uh, if it were a couple of years from now, and hopefully the trajectory of my company has grown, then the business itself could be a legacy and the, the blessing that it continues to bestow upon the people that work with and for me. I think that I have had an eternal impact, uh, a lot of people over the years through my faith and my worship leading and my mentoring of, of young men through the church. So I think that have some sort of eternal impact, I hope. Like even my, my great grandparents or, you know, great, great grandparents even more so, I don't even know their names, right? I don't know anything about them. Don't know where they lived, what their story was, what they did for a living. I think a hundred years after we die, no one knows who we were. Our greatest hope is that the things we did while we were here and the people that we influenced continue to influence other people in the same way so that there is some longer lasting impact of your character and your values, but probably not your name. I don't think that many people are going to trace it back and say, oh yeah, great, great grandpa Jason started this. I think our best bet is the values and the character we showed while we were on earth continue to influence people who then influenced other people. So there's a ripple effect of behaviors, culture, character, which Mm -hmm. is basically what memes are. So you're saying that memes are our largest impact and how we have a ripple wave that echoes for eternity within a culture. I mean, if that's the case, then you, everyone will remember you because you're the master of memes. (laughs) Skylar, any thoughts? On memes being our legacy? Yeah. I did like what Brad said. I think uh, how we treat people and like our values can be carried on, but I think I'm just going to be like, I'm just like this average dude that everyone's going to forget about no matter what I, no matter what I do. Bring back to memes. Memes are ideas, behaviors, styles, or practices that spread through imitation within a community. They are pieces of cultural material that are passed from one person to another. Memes. What is happiness for you, Skylar? What, what makes you happy? What is happiness to you? The freedom to do what I want when I want to do it and not be controlled by the people. You know, maybe I am controlled in some way. I'm just kind of like yeah. happy over here going and through I'll, life. I'll do a follow-up question. And I'll get to you, Brad. No, I'll do actually Brad first. Now the follow-up both of you. Brad, what what's happiness for you? What makes you happy? When my marriage is strong and we're getting along and enjoying being friends and partners. Spending time with my kids makes me happy to be physically active and healthy. Uh, and it makes me happy to not stress about money. How can a happy life lead to sadness? I think oftentimes the happiest people by what culture defines as happiness are the ones that most often 
miss a joyful, more rewarding life because joy and happiness are, are different. I think you can be a happy person without being joyful. And I think you can be a joyful person, even if you're not experiencing happiness either. This is a Pepe. He is in the corner with a tinfoil hat on. He says, my favorite conspiracy theory is that everything's going to be all right. Talks a little bit about existential dread, the fear of death. We kind of are drawn to conspiracy theories as they help us uh, deal with both of those challenges. So that's sad. How about this one? Lego. Oh, yeah. Age this... 4 to 99. <laughs> Headline, women arrested. Women, women, a woman singular arrested for playing with Legos after turning 100 and here she is in jail. First of all, why do you think they put this in there and why do you think she's in jail? I think that they put that in there as kind of a tongue in cheek joke, but really backfired on this lady. Cause now she got arrested. <laughs> it should have said four plus, I think mm -hmm. they said four to 99 and maybe they were not aware that people live past 99 or they were being funny. And then this lady was playing with them. It's against the law here because it's in it's in writing. <laughs> printed. And now she's in jail. Maybe this is not real. Woman was not actually arrested. And this is some a picture of somebody that's in jail for another reason. Did you find this on the internet? How do you think the uh, latest? This is like from a news website, it looks like. How do you think guy. the marketing guy feels that that thought it would be funny to put 99 on there? And, and I hope you hope it feels like absolute trash. Great grandmother is, is in jail because of him. <sighs> that's heavy, man. That is heavy. This is a game of chess. You guys familiar with chess? Mm -hmm. I've heard of it. Who do you think is going to win this game? I'll give you a hint. The white player can win the game via a checkmate in one move. That would be a good chess move. Where's the move? I'm skeptical because I'm, I'm trying to figure out where, say, the knight moves. And well, then this is the king. So the king could also move. Don't forget that. The king be. could also move, but I don't see how that would lead to a, a checkmate. I, that was a diversion. The horse... The horse, what is the horse called? A rook? A knight? A knight. The knight. The knight can move. And if he moves to E3, okay. Okay. the black team is now in checkmate. No, it's not because one of the rooks can just take the knight. What's a rook? One of the I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, the pawn. I mean, no, because the, pawn. the pawns can only move in one direction. No, they can move they diagonally can, to capture. They can attack sideways. They can only move up or down the board. And if you look at what color not the true. king is on... All of the black pieces have traversed the board into this position. So these columns uh, can only move uh, northward. Isn't that like a gotcha? Wow, okay. you got me. Yeah. You can imagine how excited I was for this one last night. My wife asked what I'm doing. I'm going wild. E3, yeah. So you couldn't move to you couldn't move to C3 because then the other knight could get that knight. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Move to E3. Everybody thinks that the pawns can just move down, right? But well, how, did this, how did this player lose? I didn't notice players? that the king was switched. Yes. Yeah. Tricky. Wow. Very tricky. Peruvian owls always hunt in pairs because they are Inca hoots. In cahoots is another phrase that you could use to mean like uh, you do something together, I think. This is a picture. He says he doesn't have a car or even a bicycle but he's still happy money is not everything it's funny because he has an he has a helicopter and some jet skis and a boat money can is I, not everything how much longer are we going to talk can i go get a snack i gotta pull up some more memes <laughs> i have what a you, folder that what I do you find all these at 
You're like corporate America's like worst employee just on yeah. Reddit and nine gag all day. All day. We're supposed to be working. Whenever I'm at the airport, airport, I airdrop memes to people. That's yeah, that's great. It works especially great when you land and everybody turns their phone off airplane mode and they've all got their phones up and you're just airdropping. Memes. Oh, you're talking about your airdrops? Yeah. yeah. What what do the people think when they walk past your office and you're just on on Reddit all day? Uh well, I usually walk around the office most of the day, and I say, it's another day in Paris, Dice. Pizza, but everything is crust, except the crust, which is pizza. Forgiveness stops. I don't know if that's not, that's not appropriate. <laughs> Dad, why is this book so thick, he says. <laughs> it's like they're reading a dictionary. He says, it's a long story. My wife is going to labor. What should I do? Is this her first child? No, this is her husband. Oh, we lost Skylar. He oh. left. I don't blame him. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Wrong. It's tea. classic do you have any children <laughs> yes i have one that's just under two i know how many one is i'd like to buy a bagel with cream cheese oh so he thought sorry. so sorry we only take cash so he, she he thought she was saying like instead of i'd like to buy a bagel with money yeah he, she was offering cream cheese in yeah. return for the to bagel. buy the really, bagel with cream cheese. I think what she was trying to say here is I would like a bagel. I would like to buy a bagel that has cream cheese on it, please. Yes. But he yeah. misunderstood. The, the sentence structure was unclear. To There's me. a lot of misunderstandings yeah. in these memes. <laughs> I'm not really comfortable I'm, here. I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you're explaining it, Brad. May I get another seat? Sure. Window seat or aisle? Window seat or you'll what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Window seat or I will dot, dot, dot. But I will what? Yeah. You'll what? Yeah. I will no. versus wow. I will. They sound the same and they weren't clear what the difference was. Wow. Would you like a drink? What are my options? Yes or no? Mm. So she was asking like, what are my options for drinks? Like, what could I possibly get to drink before yeah. I answer yes or no? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, another <laughs> one. Comfortable, sir? No, no, no. Come for food. All right, this is stupid. No one says comfort table, sir. Yeah, I'm looking. For, these ones are good. Uh, I'm just looking for the best one to do next. Well, this is a good one to airdrop. Someone <laughs> enjoying their movie on the plane. Me also. <laughs> Enjoying their movie, Two Rows Back. That's a real thing for sure. Oh, this is a good one. You spent our entire life savings on dogs? They're golden retrievers, Karen. They retrieve gold. I did it for us. Mm -mm. Welcome to Plastic Surgery Addicts Anonymous. I'm seeing a lot of new faces in the crowd this week, and I have to say... I'm disappointed. 
I get it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Those are probably the best ones in this list. All right. I'll do this one too, I suppose. One whiskey and one Coke. Why the big pot? Wait, sorry. One whiskey and, and. Wait, one whiskey and one Coke. Why the big pause? I don't know. I was born with them. <laughs> Again, pause uh, and pause. Because he's a, a bear. He is a bear. He has yeah, but he said pause, P-A-U-S-E. So the bear should yeah. know. But he can't read. He's only listening with his ears. This is just, uh, this writing is for us to observe. Words? He can't see. He, there's not closed captionings. That he, he's not looking at that. He can just hear what he's saying. And the word pause sounds like pause. To him. Well, then the waiter asking if he's comfortable makes even less sense. <laughs> All right. Well, that was like All right. deep into my bag of Skyler. There. Did oh, now this experience middle, just like he likes it. Brad's the center of, center of the video attention, just how he prefers it. Skyler, did this experience exceed, meet, or fall below your expectations? I would say this. Uh met my expectations you had low expectations nice I, I had no clue what to expect this is by far the worst one really not, be, not because of you <laughs> <laughs> i thought this is good i think this wow. is going great we're not done so <laughs> uh, we're just getting warmed up <laughs> hold on i don't know if i have any more i was looking at memes last night i was studying this movie i was i have pages notes just ready to go you know for what for smoothies for the movie i you told me to watch. Oh, the I, felt like I, had homework. I felt like i was back in like college you know yeah I'd, I'd never had i haven't had someone tell me what to do and like that's seven right years, you yeah know? and i was like i have to watch a movie first yeah so this, is, this is a lot of pressure i actually saved the last 20 minutes until right before the podcast because wow how i like to procrastinate yeah yeah but then you got it done that's I got it done. Yeah. Should we do? Wow. <laughs> you got fast, man. You just wrote a book. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could find it. Uh, <laughs> for version of the trolley problem. Hold on. Just, just hold on, Brad. Why don't you ask a good question for our guest while I pull this up? What's the uh, what's the future plans for this show? Wait until Jason no longer enjoys doing it, and then he moves on to something else. He's only interested in doing it if it's fun, and if it's no longer fun, which it eventually is not going to be fun for him, he'll stop. It's a lot easier to have fun than make money. Oh, so that's the uh, that's just like the honeymoon phase I was talking about. You know, this yeah. is good. Fine. Okay, what's your number? Dot dot number number number. Phone why, they, why are they texting them for the it's number? Not, it's not. Texting? It's a DM over Instagram or something like that. Uh, no, I mean, what's your number? How many people until you should pull the lever? Ooh, so either kill yourself or you kill all the people there. So this is, yeah, Brad caught it. You are tied to the tracks. And you need to decide if the trolley's heading this way. It's going to run over these people, but you can switch the train, move over to run over yourself. What okay. is your number? Who are those people? So we start on the far end and say, there are people that you do not know 
three, four billion. So if one billion people would die for you to live, you'd say, Hallelujah. Let's let's run this course. I said, Brad, if you would give up your temporal earthly life, you're not even mm-hmm. afraid of death. Mm-mm. A billion people could live their life. I have to watch all the other people die. Yeah, you're standing right here. Yeah. Took a long yeah. time for that train to get through a billion people, huh? All right. So the answer is one. Wow. So you think that you should die just because someone is fated to die. I, you should die instead. Yeah. If one well, person I'm, is fated to die, then you'd say that is unjust. I would rather die. It's me or them, and it's ultimately a choice. I know where I stand with my faith and feel confident in that. And I don't know where that other person stands. So Can do I, I want have- to can I have take, take my own life and go to heaven or take their life and potentially send them to hell? Uh, you really think one person? Yeah. <laughs> that was not a very convincing. Yes. I don't know. It's just like, I mean, it's all hypothetical in <laughs> practice. I don't know how much, how long do I have to decide? But it's like, you could probably go not very long. You could probably go donate your body and save like 20 people. You don't know right now. So how many people should I kill before I kill myself, Jason? All of them. All of them. Everybody. This is not your this is not your battle to fight. Where hold on. So you pull the lever and it comes your way. If you do nothing, it kills them. That's the yep. premise, right? Yeah. Does everybody know the lever works? What if you just wiggle it and you act like you couldn't budget? <laughs> well, I tried. They're gonna, I tried. <laughs> they're gonna die. So the amount of time that they're gonna be pissed at you is not very long. But other people, because like you I mean, if other people find out about this, you know, you gotta live with that. Yeah, do other people know afterwards the decision that you made to live? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What's your number, Jason? How many people? I said all of them. Including your wife and kids. I don't know, man. I guess it depends on the scenario. In this scenario, it'd be hard for me to kill myself because I don't think that's the right thing to do. I'm not going to be cornered to making a bad decision based off of the injustice of the world. You're not going to force me to go against my morals just because the world is unjust. So that, would, like, be, well, that, would, that would be your justification. It's kind of like, wanna... would you be willing? Because this gets because this quickly devolves into original trolley problem is a little bit better. <laughs> it's you pull the lever and kill one person, or you could even say yourself, should I just kill myself today and harvest my organs? and let 15 people, depending on the blood and everything, you know, live that would otherwise would have died. No, I don't feel called to do that at all. I understand we live in a fallen world and a broken world, and there's bad things happening all the time that I could stop by doing bad things, but just because I could reduce the suffering by doing bad things, it doesn't mean I'm going to do those bad things, right? I could go punch a grandma in the face and steal her social security number and then give that money from her savings account to starving kids in Pittsburgh. I don't believe that minimizing the aggregate suffering should be driving our decision-making. I'd be more of a Zweck rational entity. What's your number, Skylar? <laughs> I don't I don't know. It'd be hard to quantify the number. I think it'd be, I, it would be very hard for me to pull the lever for any number of people if I didn't know them. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, what if they're acquaintances? People that you like kind of recognize on Facebook. And then you go down, like, what if they're close friends? Like people you've done like hiking tricks with. And then what if they're like your family that you've grown up with? I would say if it was like my family or even close friends. And then it also depends how many. It was like all my friends were on this thing. I might have to, or my family. I might have to pull the lever. Or random people or even acquaintances. I don't think I'd I'd pull the lever. It doesn't. 
and then just do whatever comes to me. This is like the hard part about AI. One of the things that makes humanity somewhat work is we're so inefficient at achieving our goals. <laughs> what is the purpose of life and what, what should we be making these decisions off of? And at some point, if we, as we get longer and longer levers with technology, we're kind of confronted with those issues and AI being the largest jump in how long the lever is. We have to tell AI, maximize for this outcome. Well, what outcome? Right? The outcome where one wrong does not cover up 100 wrongs, or does one wrong cover up 100 wrongs, or there's like a formula based off of the relationships that are involved. Those are challenging problems. It's funny because it started out, they thought it was a dating thing, <laughs> like a flirtatious thing. He said, no, what's your number? How would you respond to that? If someone was texting you and they're like, no, I don't want your cell number. I, like, what is your number? Like, how would I know? When you say, what's your number? I'm not thinking about this. I would, I would say if you said something like that, I would, you would probably not get, <laughs> you would. I, I, I could say, I could imagine many times where I've said things much better than such a puzzling question. And I still have not got a response. So is this, is this a screenshot of your, the start of your, yeah. Yeah, this is your wife? That was some good content for, for thought. <laughs> Do you think I should get a nice bookshelf behind me? Do you think I'd look more? You know, more I've I've decided to not go that route personally. Even though, if, if anybody should, I probably should have done that by now. But yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at this, guys. Oh, it's just a shape. It's just this side. Let's call this the the white side. It kind of goes down here, and then it goes here, and it goes on the other side, and then it's on the right side, and then it's wait, it's not white now. It's dark brown where uh, guys this is confusing <laughs> what is this it's an impossible triangle oh, i don't like it how about these stairs oh this is cool look you've got some stairs and you're going down the stairs and then you're going down the stairs and you're going down the stairs and you go down the stairs but now you're where you started and i've been going down the whole time what Guys, how does this work? Maybe an optical illusion. No, no, it's it a shape. It. I can see it. It's right there. How does this work? The stairs are going down, but then they also end where they started. Should I get a ruler out? <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a matter of perspective. No, um, it'll be fine. It's gone. No one, no one's gonna watch this far into the podcast nope. anyway. Here's another shape. Okay, this is great. There's like three rods. Okay, I just follow the rods down. Wait. No, it's it, there's two rot. What? Oh my gosh! What is going on here? What is this? Where does this shape even stop and end? What is happening? I I feel like this is like the outside corner of it, but then it ends up just being like space. But then this is the side uh, of it. But then it's my brain. It's also the top of it, but then. This is like the inside of the shape, but then it's not because this is just a circle. But if this is something and this is something, then what is this right here? <sighs> this is a tough one. I just think it's funny how excited you are to explain these and Brad's just over there typing his email. <laughs> I sent it. I already sent her gift card and everything. All right. What is it? Uh, Okay, I've got I've got something for us to review again. Oh, that's good. Lots of content. I'm working so hard on this content. You have you have to have something big at the end, and then you have to hook them in the beginning with like a quick clip, nope. and then you you save the real stuff for right at the end. It's the kind of like anti power. that. Like I want people to not watch the whole podcast. Oh, 
Yeah, it's like an anti-podcast. Causal, caus, causality paradox. Man hands. Okay, it's nice. It's numbered for us. Man hands a man hands baby spoon. Okay, give the baby a spoon. The baby grows up with his favorite spoon until he's a man. This man invents a time machine and then gives the spoon to himself as a baby. Where did the spoon come from? I'd like to think the original man actually just gave the baby a spoon, maybe just a random man. Then I, I think the, baby the, first, the, the first time. The baby got the spoon from the man in the time machine. Oh, it's for sure the same man? Yeah, this man goes in the time machine and gives the baby a spoon. Himself. Gives himself a spoon. He goes into a man, and then that man invents a time machine and goes back in time. They cannot exist. You just said place. anything is possible, Brad. Like an Change hour and a half ago, he had to he had to give the spoon. So I think the the man in the time machine is uh he has to commit murder every single time and kill like the original the original guy, and then give the spoon back. Like himself, he kills himself after giving the spoon to the baby. He has like at some point the I don't know, I don't know. It just Brad, it can't be you, every time. Yeah, Brad, what do you think is how how does this work? Where did the spoon come from? It it didn't. He if he was in the same place in time as his younger self uh reality would collapse so it can't happen it's well that's your definition of reality and you've already said that there can be multiple realities there's a flat earth and a round earth so is that this a is the reality where time travel? Travel, time travel is possible you're stuck in a very narrow view of reality would, let's just expand your reality the spoon first exists the man takes the spoon back first he finds he found a spoon he found a spoon and just took it back and then it created this loop. But he can't, the reason that he has a spoon is because he had it from when he was a child. Maybe the, uh, <clears throat> he's grown up with this. There's another time traveler that brought the, brought the spoon back. But the, the time travel is, is him. He's the time traveler. Well, all that's all the time we have for today's show. I want to thank my guest Skylar with Pigh painting and Brad Ellison of Ellison Painting. This is a, a special production of Paintbrush and a Dream. Paintbrush and a Dream. Paintbrush and a Dream. Paintbrush and a Dream. It's a paintbrush and a dream. It's a paintbrush and a dream. Paintbrush and a dream.com. And Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope you got joy out of this and it expanded your mind and your mind has been dipped with a paintbrush and the thoughts have been splattered on the canvas of the world. Wow. Any parting thoughts, Skylar? It was such a pleasure to be a part of this yeah. podcast. Thank you for taking Far exceeded my expectations. Of two and a half hours out of your day in August as a painting business owner. As we always say, one gallon at a time. It's a great day to have a great day. First thing first. First things first. The journey is the destination. Mm. <laughs> great job, guys. Great job, guys. We are the best. Should I just release this unedited? That makes me sick. That's All right, guys. Idea. I got to go. We're at two and a half hours. I got a busy day here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Good luck. Yeah. Everyone. See you. Paintbrush and a dream. Paintbrush and a dream. It's a paintbrush and a dream. It's a paintbrush and a dream. Paintbrushandadream.com.